and welcome to Jim and Ben's Movie Adventures, uh, the podcast where we watch movies and inflict movies upon each other. Uh, last week's podcast chosen you, was by me. Did, did you have that written down? No, no, I kind of spun it, it from the last it time. felt like it, what last time? This is the first time, <laughs> Ben. We didn't have yeah. technical issues and have to start again. No, I, I didn't get a dry run on my intro at all. <laughs> um... um yeah, no, I kind of just spun it. I, I thought it worked. Uh, I like the inflicting part. Okay. Um, okay. Behind the curtain. Um, Speaking so, of yeah. inflicting. <laughs> uh, 1996's The Phantom, or as I shall call it, Billy Zane's The Phantom. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, I thought this would be fun. I don't think it was. Yeah, look, I, you know, it's funny. There's a there's a line, isn't there, but where a film that's it's so bad it's good and then it's just bad. You know, like it yeah. sort of goes past the so bad it's good and ends up in something else territory. Um, unfortunately, Billy Zane's The Phantom is in the something else territory. Like it's not so bad it's good. It's just bad. Like it's it's a it's a really boring film. Like let me, which is just yeah tough. You know, like and and normally like you hear about things that would explain why it's it's not good. I I couldn't find facts knowledge history on why this isn't a good movie it's just it's just not a great movie um it yeah well i won't go too deep in, into what i do know yet but yeah it is rough I, w I will say i think they achieved exactly what they were trying to uh, they just chose the wrong thing to achieve um and it shows I don't know. So this, so this was. I, I look. I've seen this movie as a kid, um, probably three times as a child. Um, but which might sound like a lot, but it's not really because I used to watch movies an awful lot. So I, I didn't rem really remember very much of it at all. Yeah. Um, and then rewatching it, and I was just like, "What a mess!" Like it's sort of supposed to. It's clearly meant to be riffing on like Indiana Jones, and you know that sort of like pulpy yeah. kind of adventurer kind of thing like while ad adapting the the famous phantom comic books um or comic strip rather but like but I, I just it just doesn't land you know so i mean i have a couple of ideas as to why i think maybe it, it didn't land but but like i guess watching it yeah it was just just a just a big lot of nothing ben was right. was let <laughs> let me hit you with some uh facts and stats do it. So Phantom, released in 1996, uh, created by uh, Lee Falk. So he's the creator of the original comic strip. Also uh, credited with kind of the creation of the first superheroes. Uh, he created the Phantom and uh, another comic called Mandrake the Magician. And they were kind of like the first people who kind of fought crime, kind of costumey. Like then you've got like the shadow and all that sort of stuff that kind of come after them. Um, so, created by Lee Falk, directed by Simon Winsor. Now, do you know the name Simon Winsor? I believe he's Australian. Um, he is Australian. But I can't recall anything else that he's directed. Okay, so critically acclaimed The Light Horseman, uh, an Australian film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not so critically acclaimed Quickly Down Under. Okay. Operation Dumbo Drop. That's what I know him from. Operation. And a really... And a super dope movie that I'm not sure holds up, but maybe we'll one day find out in this podcast, Free Willy. Oh, I like Free Willy, actually. The original, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay. 
any more facts for me before I sort of... So before Simon Winsor got the part, it was originally meant to be directed by our friend Joe Dante. Uh, and oh, it was okay. a very different vibe. It was more of a, a parody or a comedic spin on the character, um, which kind of comes through in a strange way. I Makes feel, sense, right? I feel like that explains a lot about what maybe we were seeing because... There was stuff that like did feel like parody, um, but yeah. just didn't like. But then the yeah, the movie was sort of trying to be that Indiana Jonesy type tone, but I could see this parody stuff coming through. Like like okay, let's let's some and I feel like almost every problem I have with the movie could maybe be explained if that was its origins. Like I mean, so it was originally written by Dante, uh, and it was then adapted basically. Uh, by Jeffrey Baum. Um, he wrote uh, Last Crusade. He did. He also wrote, uh, where are we? Uh, the Lost Boys and Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. Oh, I didn't know those. So, yeah. Well, there you go. But I, okay. So, like, when I was watching The Phantom, one of the weirdest things about The Phantom is that the ghost of his father talks to him sometimes. Okay. 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 <laughs> Notes. It's super crazy that he sees his dad. Is this whole thing in his head? Like everything. It's like, like but it's only and like, it's never explained. No, and it's only it like does. maybe two, three times in the movie. It's not that often. Like in that, the cab. Yeah, it's sort of like I think it's once at the start. It's once in the cab in the middle, and then there's once at the end. And it's just like it's just jarring enough that every time the ghost of his father appears, it's like. Wait a second. Are you what? <laughs> like, like is the Phantom mentally ill, or yeah. are you really a ghost? Like, it's very confusing, and then it's even more confusing because the ghost who walks is the name of the Phantom. Like, you know. And... By the way, worst nickname ever. He is the least stealthily clad superhero of all time. I I wondered if it was like his skin color, like you know, ghost because he's white. Was that, I thought is it that was meant because he kind of comes back to life. That makes like, more sense. Yeah, I think that's the actual reason. <laughs> but like, he's like meant to be this kind of stealthy guy. Like he kind of Batman's in and out, which uh, the Phantom is credited as an uh, inspiration for Batman. Um, if you have a look at his origin and Batman's origin, it's you know there are similarities. Like, rich dude kind of lives in a weird cave. Um, you know, fights people without powers. He uses guns, but I think you know. that's kind of also what like confuses me about this movie. So I, I can't remember the name of his fictional island nation. Is it Ben Bengala? Bengala or something like okay, that. Yeah, so, I didn't write it down. It didn't. So Ben. So he lives on this island continent place of unspecific. I don't know where it is in the world because it's not a real place. Like, like you know, so it's maybe vaguely Africa. It's where the rope people live. Well, and that, yeah, so what, what is the, what is in this place that needs protecting from, you know, Coincidentally, like. Incidentally, a skull cave, a skull, and Animals that can seem to talk to each other. What even was that about? The same species. What was that about? <laughs> so, 
So, okay. So, okay. So, so at the start, he's like, I, I actually think the Bengala stuff, if that was the name of the fictional place, yeah. was probably some of the best stuff in the film. Like, you know, when yeah. he's like fighting the pirates and stuff at the start of the movie. Um, and then he goes to make his escape and he sends his wolf to talk to his horse to tell his horse yeah. what he's doing. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Like, because he doesn't really have any, he's, he's got no supernatural powers except for the fact that he sees no. the, the ghost of his dad and his wolf talks to his horse. Um, I had to Google it to confirm it because I was confused. Like, is the ghost thing a power? Is the animal thing a power? No, he's just dope with animals. So, okay. So, okay, fine, fine, fine. So, yep. but but I thought the Bengal stuff was some of the best stuff. But then I was like, well, hang on what's so valuable about this place that requires protection? And they never really get into it because he doesn't spend that much time in Bengala and then he's off to New York and then he's off to a different fictional island. Which but, is clearly the Bermuda Triangle, but not the Bermuda Triangle. It's the, it's the devil's something, Ben. The devil's snare or the devil's zone or the devil's oh, zone, devil's triangle. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Like it was something like, um, but okay, so, and look, the other thing was, there are some cool ideas in this movie. Like the idea that there's like, a good movie in here, like somewhere the idea that like yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones is like the head of like an all female, um, you know, right. Like, like, yes. Notes. Like, notes. Uh, Jim loves sky pirates. I do love sky pirates. Like I was literally, <laughs> I was literally watching this going, man, Crimson Skies was a great game on Xbox. I wish I was watching a Crimson Skies movie right now about Sky Pirates. Maybe we could just do the Sky Pirates. <laughs> also, directly after that, Catherine Zeta-Jones, worst actor in this film? Yeah, I don't know what she's doing. Like, you know, I like she's sort of like, I mean, surely it was the way she was directed. To be fair, I don't think she's a bad actress. No, I don't uh, either. So I, I think the character makes no sense. No, it uh, doesn't. And the direction, I think, was poor. Like, why does she become good i don't know because girls got to stick together girls got to stick together so you know and is it kirsty or christy swanson who's the i think it's christy swanson christy swanson okay when they're in the cab and she's like why are you so mean and then she's like i don't know and then she's like you figure it out i'm like that exchange makes no sense no, no sense no, like i don't no. i don't know what that is so so mind you i thought that you know uh, Christy Swanston was, 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 I don't, I can't say her name. I'm sorry. Diana Palmer Swanson, in this Christy movie. Swanson. Okay. Christy Swanson. I thought she well, was Ron actually. Swanson with Christy at the start. She was probably the best, like actually of everyone. And I was like, so I've never seen you in anything else. And I've seen every other actor in. Oh, <laughs> uh, you totally have seen Christy Swanson. In have that. I? Uh, she was did? the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I never saw that. You didn't see. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay. You've never. She was uh, Vanessa in Big Daddy, which you probably didn't see. I've seen uh, it once, ages ago. She's in a bunch of stuff. She was like the good-looking female lead from like in the ninety, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Well, I thought she actually did pretty well in this, but yeah, look, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I don't know what she's doing in this movie, and she she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, I don't know why she's doing it. Like, it's just it's very it's all over okay. the shop. So she was my least favorite actor in this movie. Who was my favorite, Tim? Jim. Oh, it's got to be Treat Williams. 
Oh, Treat Williams is dope in this movie. Treat Williams he it. was a treat in this movie. His like, death <laughs> is easily in a top 10 list of deaths in yeah. campy films. Uh, him and the guy who gets shot by the cannonball. But, you know. I, I also, you know, look, if we're just talking about actors who are good in other things but bad in this movie, um, James Remar was yeah. awful like poor james like yeah. i'm like you know and look billy zane is actually good in this movie oh. it's just that the character is i, I was thinking board. i was thinking about it this way i was like you know what um the phantom as played by billy zane in this film makes captain america look edgy you know yeah. that's like <laughs> captain america the first is, movie captain is america. super yeah. edgy compared to because there's just like nothing's a problem for him. Like, you know, like there's no, the Phantom's just, he's capable, he's charming, he's like, you know. But he's only like really good at what he does until he's not. Yeah. Like the amount of times he kind of just gets captured around a corner. Yeah. Or like sucker punched or beaten up when he kind of really shouldn't be is really weird in this movie. Like, and also the way he shoots guns, super annoying. Like the cross. <laughs> thing like he's shooting people that just without what, even looking why why but like the other but like this movie's just also got some just just really dumb stuff like when they get captured in the hotel and then he like as kit walker like just like beats up the guards and then changes clothes into the phantom and no one's like where's kit walker and oh the phantom's here like it's like like and like the way he beats up the guards is he donkey kicks them yeah, like, like he's on the stairs, he kind of does a little mini handstand and awkwardly just kicks back. Yeah, look, it's just, you know. So this the other thing was like I when movies like this are done well, I really like them. You know, like because really the the version of this that's done well is Indiana Jones. Like, really. Like, and I love that stuff. You know, I also love The Mummy, you know, with Brendan Fraser. Like, that's another version of this done well. It's just that I think that idea of, you know, maybe doing it as a parody first off. Um, and then that never really getting written out, I think maybe just hurt it in every possible way. The other thing was when they get to the pirate cave at the end of this movie, it is the fakest looking pirate cave I think I've ever seen. Like it I actually thought New York looked a little faker. I mean, really? it wasn't New York, it was LA, but <laughs> like it was shot in LA. But like I, I wrote like jungle looked good. New York looked bad. Like when they're outside in New York. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you know, he's... But yeah, the pirate cave is the worst. And, and the other thing was, I was also like, okay, so the, I'm going to skip to the end of the movie, but the, the pirates, the Sang Brotherhood. You mean Shang Sun? I don't know. They live in. The guy who plays the captain is Shang Sun from Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. No, <laughs> but like, so they hang out in this cave protecting these skulls. Eight do skull, they? One skull. One skull. Yeah. But why? Well, what is there to well, do Well, actually, there? it's kind of explained when they're escaping. They're the reason all the ships go missing. They shoot them with those torpedoes they escaped in. Yeah. But they're actually, like, pirating, just, like, secretly underwater. So they're, they're submarining pirates. Yeah, who... and they just happen to have one of the skulls. Okay, that's... that's It's... Coinkydink. And... A secret island that where they've built a submarine cave on it. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. It doesn't. 
In in the nineteen thirties. In the nineteen thirties, when submarines were like, "Hey, this is this is what a submarine is like." You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, I want to point out that the MacGuffin in this film is three skulls. Oh, oh wait, secretly four skulls. Um, it's just a laser. Yeah. <laughs> the power. Uh, the it, power. It's like a, it's it's a miniature like crappy Death Star. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not really that gets beaten by a much much smaller skull, and then uh, that he conveniently realizes that he had all along. Oh, I, I never knew what it was, but now I realize what I have. It was protecting me the whole time. I'm like, what? What is what? But look, by that point in the movie, I'm pretty much just like whatever you just you just held on to the ski of a seaplane for like eight hours or something <laughs> okay this is the one bit of like nerd controversy in this film um that i've discovered is that the seaplane they were flying couldn't have made the trip um it would have had to land at least twice to refuel which would have made him super obvious uh, <laughs> also its top speed would have got them there in two days max like minimum he would have had to hold on to that thing for two days to get there well that whole plot point was ridiculous anyway so you know so i have two sets of notes on here that both end in the word nope they both involve planes seaplanes i have to say though the seaplane stunts at the start of the film were actually pretty good like there him was... jumping onto the horse was my first nope Oh really? But there was like, clearly there was clearly a seaplane and a horse happening. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was like some stunties were clearly you know risking some life and limb here, like to actually get this done. And there's you know, but yeah, there's some dodgy like you know green screen opticals and stuff. But there's also some really good there's also some really good stunt work in the same sequence. So you know, actually, I think there's some good stunt work through a fair bit of this film. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, like one of the only things I remembered from this film as a kid was just thinking how cool it was when he gets both of his guns and like locks them into the, uh, the cable on the elevator and like grinds down the chain. Like I thought, yeah, that was cool. Is that your second nope? No, my two <laughs> nopes were both the plane sequences, okay. like the jumping off the horse and the holding onto the biplane. Yeah, right. The other one was just him like befriending a tiger in a zoo. Um, yeah. like just, just like. Look, we have YouTube now. I've seen how that goes. Yeah. Um, not well. Uh, so but it yeah, looks so, like Billy Zane actually touched a tiger. Like, yeah, kind of. Like, but back then they were probably allowed to drug animals. So, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. Um, oh, I'm just scrolling through my notes. My favorite line in the whole movie. Uh, I don't know the character's name. I don't think it was ever mentioned. It was like he's Alfred in the Skull Cave. Uh, oh, yeah. Where he... Where he just goes, uh, no smoking in the skull cave. <laughs> and then afterwards, they say something, and he just quietly adds, old jungle saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've been saying old jungle saying. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, old jungle saying. Like, I thought they were that. Uh, also, he paid that cab driver with the fakest looking jewels yes. I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, and, you could buy them. But hey, in the 15 minutes he was inside, the cab driver went and got him appraised and came yeah. back. And continued to pick him up after he was suddenly not the same person, but the Phantom. Yeah. 
Although, I think everybody in that movie knew he was the Phantom. Yeah, so good. So here's my theory, right? I think he is insane. He is seeing the dead father of his ghost. Everybody in this movie humors him. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've been... It's like Shutter Island. They've been through this several times. <laughs> <laughs> they are Shutter Islanding kit in this movie. Yeah. That's, Guys, that's... we've got to go... He's doing it again. We've got to go through the whole thing. Okay. Mm. Ghost don't love him. Let him, reg- let him rescue you. The guy who plays Shang Tsung. Do I have to jump into the sharks again? Like, but it's all like, yeah, yeah. So look, Tree yeah, Williams. They are Shutter Islanding him. Tree Williams was good. Everyone else was not. Like, uh, yeah, I want to. So sorry, just you said Treat Williams, and it made me think of the goons that were in and around Treat Williams. Um, so weird connection. So Billy Zane played one of Biff's goons. Yes. In Back to the Future. The other goon was played by Casey Saimazgo, who was the goon in the start of this movie in the truck that Billy Zane kicks off and gets captured by the uh, the Jungle Patrol. Wow. So, yeah, like they had like a weird kind of connection. A goon connection. A goon connection. Um, Yeah, but, oh, man, like, some stunts in this movie were great, but I didn't think that was done by Billy Zane was very obviously done by Billy Zane. Like, there was a kind of, like, a clunkiness to it. Oh, and do you know why there was a clunkiness to his movements? No. He packed on so much muscle for this movie that they had to scrap the original suit because the original suit had muscle padding in it. So that's all his own muscle while he's in the suit. Like, he, like, body built for a year and a half for this role. Wow. So that's, like, that's like some... 2022 level commitment to superhero yeah <laughs> that wasn't like going he, on he, he kind of thawed before thawed thawed yeah like he was too big um and i think he wasn't used to his body because if you watch his actions like there is that kind of a weird like stiffness to it um but yeah well the costume's so, I mean, just it's a weird looking costume anyway like it's it's i mean props for just doing it just like it's just a purple skin tight suit we're just gonna do it Send so it. I want to I want to read you this paragraph. This paragraph isn't exactly facts; it is an opinion. But I like this opinion, and I don't think you will. Okay. So this this film suffered the same fate as two other period piece comic book adaptations from the nineteen nineties. Do you know what those two period piece comic book adaptations from the nineteen nineties are? One no. of them you don't like. One of them you love. Oh, the one Shadow. of them. One of them's got to be the Rocketeer. And the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is far superior to the Phantom. They all did not fare at the box office, but after debuting on take-home media, so like VHS, they did much better. But all three have been credited with holding back the comic book genre in cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just love that that's a thing, or that people think that's a thing. So it's opening weekend. It was an unmitigated flop. By the way, mm-hmm. I did. Um, yeah. It's it's opening weekend uh, was five million. Um, its total domestic box office was forty five million, which was zero point four times the production budget. So they swung and kind of missed hard. Um, this movie was supposed to be more expensive, so they planned on shooting the whole thing in Hawaii, 
um, and they realized it was going to send them about 10 million over budget. So their solution to this was to film in three different countries. I saw Thailand. I felt like I felt like Thailand was everywhere in this movie. I was like, that's a Thai beach. That's a Thai rock. So <laughs> was Thailand one of the was, countries? Yes, it was. <laughs> so the the mansion and like the city um were Hugh Hefner's mansion and LA. <laughs> or New York. Yeah. yeah. Um the jungles and all that sort of stuff were Thailand. Yeah. And I, all the be. interiors and like the sets were in Australia at uh, Village Roadshow Studios. Oh, great. So that pirate cave that I hated with like every fiber of my being was... We did that. We did that. At Movie World, I'm guessing? Yeah. Like yeah. an hour from where we live, which we live, yeah. not say on the internet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We live south of Movie World. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like... It just boggles my mind the way, just this is an in general movie thing, that it can be cheaper to film and fly a production to three separate countries than it can be to film in just one state of America. Tax incentives, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hawaii is notoriously expensive to film in, um, from all accounts that I've heard. And, you know, and things like that. But, like, Australia always well, goes through waves of tax incentives. We're going through another big one at the moment, actually, yeah. for international film. Um, but it, it goes in waves depending on, you know, funding and governments and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, well, that's why, uh, side note, like, The Walking Dead and a lot of fil shows film down where they film is because of tax incentives. So, you know. Yeah. So, look, I don't know, but, look, that, that's not... Aside from the fact that, you know, they were Aussie-built sets and I didn't like the sets, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the Thai beaches look beautiful. Like, you know, I don't know. Oh, and yeah, you nailed it. It looks Thai. Like, yeah. if you look at the beaches and the way the coves are and the little jungle bits, it's it's very Thai. But, uh, so, right. I think I've like, said all I can say about the Phantom Ben. I will, I will say that I have been kind of picking things that I think make a great movie. Uh, whether they be actors or, or things like that. And I think I'm going to pull from this movie two things that can make a great movie, even though they didn't help make this a great movie. Sure. The first is Treat Williams. Yeah, he, he was um, that That guy's chewing the scenery is just magnifique. Uh, he he got it. Like... Oh, he knew what he was in and yeah. he just... Because, like, he, he... I've seen him in a lot of things and he does comedy well. Like that kind of like that character. And he was kind of skirting that line very neatly. Um, and the second thing is skull lasers. Um, I think skull lasers need to be in more films. And I think if we get them in more films, we'll have better films. Um, just, I mean, as soon as it was revealed that that was the super weapon, because I'd forgotten what it was. I was like, it's a laser? Yeah, okay. Skull lasers it is. Uh, I, sorry, I just, I forgot. I forgot one thing I wanted to mention about this film. Um, I was not comfortable with how people stole kisses in this movie, just <laughs> quietly. And look, it was it was gender equal. <laughs> like a woman stole a kiss and a man stole a kiss. Not okay. Yeah. Anyone who ever watches this, don't steal a kiss. You ask for permission, or you feel the moment. Both these weren't the moment. No, no. Like it was weird. Yeah, it felt weird. So the Phantom, bad. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, but I thought you've this got was... a chance. 
You've got a chance to make this better. I thought it was going to be fun, and I was mistaken. So, <laughs> but look, I was mistaken too. I think I'm going to make it better because I hope so. It took me a while to think about what the next film would be. I was sort of like, okay, we've sort of jumped, we've jumped around a bit, and I actually don't think you've seen this film. Exciting. Um, I could be wrong. Um, and I can tell you from the last time I tried to watch this film that we are both going to struggle to actually find a copy of this film because it's quite Ooh. difficult to locate now. Um, I can't remember where I found it last so time. So quickly, quickly, before you reveal, I'm not going to tell you whether I've seen this film or not until the next podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you until we, we go to record the next podcast. I'll reveal it in the next podcast. Because I feel that gives us a bit of an, an interesting cliffhanger. All right, all right. Well, it's a cliffhanger for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. Do you want clues or... I, I would love clues. Okay. So... So it, it was a Disney film, but it was um, an early 80s Disney film. So I was, yeah, so it's not, it's probably not one of the cartoons. It's live action. It's an live action. early 80s Disney live action film. Genre? Fantasy. Is it? Oh, no, it wouldn't be that. That's not Disney. Can I have another clue? Um, so this film, even though it's fantasy genre, it was part of Disney's reaction to the success of Star Wars. Is it Masters of the... They didn't make Masters of the no, Universe. No, it wasn't Masters of the Universe. Reaction to Star Wars. It was last. It's not the last Starfighter. No, it was released. It's fantasy. Ah, uh, fantasy. So it was released in. It wouldn't 19... be Willow because you don't like Willow. No, nineteen eighty one. I don't know. You're gonna have to drop. You ever off. heard of a film from nineteen eighty one called Dragon Slayer? I have heard of a film called Dragon Slayer. I will not tell you how I... I've heard of a film called Dragon Slayer. But I will 100% with truth tell you that I have heard of a film called Dragon Slayer. I really thought you were going to actually drop just then whether you'd seen it or not. No, but you may be interested in the story behind how I know of Dragon Slayer. I am interested. I, I want the next podcast now. It's, it's, it's not super interesting, but it might not be what you think. Okay. Yes. That's okay. what we're watching, Ben. So we have to locate it first because it's very difficult to find. It's not on iTunes. I <laughs> may know where it is. I'll talk to you off air. <laughs> so, all part of your like Dragon Slayer lore that I don't know anything about. Like <laughs> I, I feel like you've got a VHS copy sitting somewhere. Look, look, spoilers. I had planned to offer this movie at some stage. So you still it. say if I. Oh, I'm not saying it whether I've seen it or not. Okay. I'm just saying I had planned to show you this movie at some stage or pick this movie. So I do have some ideas about where to watch it. Well, nice. Well, look, I'm super excited for it because I, spoiler alert, I love Dragon Slayer. So. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on this week's adventure. Uh, I'm sorry it was a sad one if you watched the film. Um, but I have a feeling... Next podcast film is going to be way better.
I, so, so I've been Ben. I've you've been, been Jim. Jim. And this has been an adventure. Thanks, guys. <laughs>